This week we get into Damsels in Distressed, Lovecraftian body horror, a lot of rocky sound stages, and old men dying. We are talking about fantasy movies this week, or at least three fantasy movies come from kind of the same era, the early 80s, which is a hotbed of fantasy filmmaking, when a lot of uh, studios were trying to cash in on that Star Wars money, you know? They were trying to get a piece of that Star Wars money. Most definitely, yeah. Star Wars came out... Empire had already come out. Everyone's like, there's there's money in nerd stuff now. Everyone wants to see swords and, and, and space and lasers and that kind of shit. So, um, and it's kind of the shit that we grew up with too, right? Like, we grew up with the, like going to the uh, uh, fantasy section and the sci-fi section in the video store and seeing a lot of the, these movies, the covers of these movies and being like, oh yeah, I hope I can, well, my parents yeah, are going mean, to let me rent that. sword, muscles, yeah. battle axes, yeah. dragons. If you don't like old white men, then watch any one of the three movies we're going to talk about today because they get brutally murdered in many ways. Um, we're going to start with one of my favorite boyhood movies. Uh, Conan the Destroyer, the sequel to the much better and well, much more well-received Conan the Barbarian. This movie actually got completely shit on when it came out in 1984. Um, directed by Richard Fleischer, who also directed famous movies Soylent Green and <laughs> Tora Tora Tora. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I love this movie growing yeah, up. Yeah. Did you I, see this when you were a kid? No, this is the first time I've really sat down and watched it. Wow, okay. Um, I'm jealous. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it though. Spoiler alert. I mean, um, yeah, I, uh, I loved Conan the Barbarian growing up quite a bit. I don't know why I didn't like this one. Because it's uh, a bad reputation. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I think I first watched, went to go watch it when I was like and it's, fourteen, and I was like, oh, it's, it's not as violent. And, no, you know, not quite. It's okay. Like, to, 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 pre- to qualify or as that, rated, I guess I should say. To qualify that, it is definitely not as violent as the first Conan, because that, which is like one of the most violent movies of all time but it's for a PG a so-called PG movie it's pretty fucking violent it's got some a lot yeah. of <laughs> limb severing and decapitations and splatterings of bloods it's it's interesting like I read up on it a lot and I guess uh, Dino De Laurentiis and Schwarzenegger both were adamant that this be another R-rated uh, movie you know super violent and you know turn into it turn into like a franchise and I guess the studio off the success of E.T. Uh, was insistent that they needed to, to like make its money. They needed to be family friendly, so they wanted it to make the PG rating. Yeah, it's still in no way family friendly. No, it's not. That's what's so interesting about it is it's still got made in the '80s, so it's still like yeah. you can't escape the violence. Oh, but, I mean, it, it, I it mean, kind of nerfs it a little bit, which is unfortunate, but it it still manages to be uh, you know violent and intense and a okay. Good well, here's movie in spite of that. Here's what I would say. Maybe not maybe family friendly per se, but then I guess like I did watch it as a young kid, so maybe like a movie that's more appropriate for younger boys than say Conan the Barbarian was which had a lot of sex and nudity and like rapings and stuff like that and you know it was a pretty yeah, vicious movie formed my young mind yeah um so, uh, so so we'll kick off the plot of this well hang on so I mean yeah in a nutshell I would say like what would you say Conan uh, the Destroyer is about I would say it's a coming of age tale about a young woman's <laughs> struggle to find strong role models in the face of a difficult upbringing yeah I guess um I don't know like I, I, didn't, I didn't I don't have a comedic uh, elevator pitch for it but I I don't know because I know it's been because I just have such an affection for this movie um one thing the, the big difference is right off the bat I noticed um because I haven't watched the movie for a few years is the sidekick uh uh Malik played by Tracy Walter who you might also remember as Bob from Batman remember Bob Gunn Bob Gunn 
uh-huh. in uh, 89 Batman. the same actor. Oh, okay. So he, this guy's been around for a long time. He does a lot of... Uh, I think he's also in the famous movie Repo Man, like that one with Emilio Estevez. Oh, yeah, that's we true. might that Emilio Estevez. Yeah, we yeah. might do that one when we do punk rock movies one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so he's great. So he's the new sidekick, and Arnold, I guess, is like he's been Conan for a while now, right? This is years after the Barbarian, and he's a, a known thief and scoundrel across the land at this point. So that's established, right? And these people come out of nowhere, led by the Queen of Shadazar, which, if you look that up, is actually a kingdom in the Robert E. Howard novels mm-hmm. all the stuff they references she's I can't remember, I didn't know the name of the actress but she's the same actress who plays Ursa in Superman 2 you know one of the three that's uh, right yeah. yeah she's the evil uh, 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 Kryptonian Kryptonian yeah from Ursa Superman 2. so we'll have to that's find hilarious. that name but yeah so right off the bat Queen, Queen Teramis yeah. is her name so right off the bat you have like what I would call like the perfect mix of 80s character actors in this film like right off the bat you got Tracy Walter you have Ursa, you got Arnie there, and he just gets attacked because I guess they want to talk to him, and he he just like brutalizes these guys. Yeah, this he just shears this one guy's guts open with his sword in this one. I'll shot. say I was nervous, you know, reading some of the things I had or hearing some things I'd heard about it being a bit softer compared to uh, Conan the Barbarian. I was not let down when uh, <laughs> the violence started at the beginning of this movie. They're coming yeah. at him with their Planet of the Apes nets and there's and bones. Once... Why does he have a bone? Yeah, yeah, they have but big bones. But everything else is so weapons. high tech. Like this is like clearly like a high tech kingdom. Like when you get back to Shadazar, which is like this big it's for wall style, bro. It's... I guess. But so anyway, he agrees to go. She promises Conan, the queen, uh, who's... Oh, okay. And I should also say her bodyguard is Will Chamberlain. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, in this scene, Conan just basically beats the shit out of all of her goons, except for... Bombata. Yeah, Bombata, Will Chamberlain. (laughs) Africa Bombata. This is a sweet shot where uh, Conan, a guy's coming out on a horse, and Conan, like, just slices him right across the chest. Oh, yeah, and blood sprays sprays everywhere. Yeah, it's fantastic. That was a great blood pack explosion. So, yeah, you might have to set me straight here. So, I mean, I I loosely followed the plot. I mean, there's a setup about it of... You know, this a young girl with a certain mark has to make so, a perilous okay, I'll, journey. I'll, but I'll, I'll get. I'll summarize it real yeah, quick. Put so, it, so, put it in so, a so Jenna, Jenna, the the niece of the queen, <laughs> Jenna. played by the great classic Oli- fantasy name Jenna. Yeah, right. Played by the great Olivia Dabo, uh, who was a Bond girl, who was in uh, the one. She was Kevin's sister in the Wonder Years. Uh, She's also fourteen in this movie. No fucking way. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. That's fucked up. I feel. Less gross about being hot, hot for her when I was a kid. <laughs> After yesterday, I feel really like I, uh, I thought she was like twenty. I was, man. I, was uh, I was sweating watching this whole movie, just hoping there wasn't a scene where like she and Conan make out or like they show her tits or well, something. We'll, we'll cross that. So anyway, so she, there's she's she's some type of like you know oracle or magic creature and she can you know fulfill this prophecy Jenna? for this yeah yeah she can fulfill this prophecy for this kingdom and bring their god back to to life or something like Dagoth. that so Dagoth, yeah it's very lovecraftian right off the bat right mm-hmm. it's just cool right which is a lot of things um robert e howard was good friends with hp lovecraft so there's a lot of cross, oh really yeah there's a lot That's of cross stuff both extremely racist as well <laughs> although hey this movie has got diversity well, hey. this movie's got diversity before it was cool and we'll get into it um so uh, they hire Conan, who of course is the best thief in the land, to help her steal these items that she needs for this prophecy to be fulfilled. And Conan's gonna now gather his ragtag group of warriors, which includes the wizard, played by Mako from the first movie, uh-huh. and uh, uh, obviously they got Bombata, Malik, and then they come across 
uh, wait for it, motherfucking Grace Jones, uh-huh. which is the coolest fucking shit ever. Yeah, she's awesome, man. It's insane. She's... When she's fighting Babata, they have this, these sound effects for when she's trying to fight him, and it's like this like hardcore teeth chomping. Oh, like she is great in this movie. She's absolutely terrifying. Uh, she, I read that she learned like so she beats people up with a bow staff. That's yeah. her weapon. She studied it for eighteen months to get ready for this movie and did ninety five percent of her own stunts. You can tell. Uh, apparently, she put a couple of guys in the hospital. Like yeah. Him with yeah, her staff yeah too that makes sense. Filming. She gives zero fucks, and her, she was a really good foil, I thought, for Arnie in this because she was a legit tough chick that you would believe could stand up there and kick ass with him. Oh, th- maybe the perfect casting, yeah, for like an Amazon warrior woman. Yeah, and it's hilarious, like just because you think Arnie's big, and then you see like him standing next to Wilt Chamberlain, who's like seven foot two in some scenes. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Wilt Chamberlain was a like one of the was regarded as one of the best basketball players of all time. He was primarily in the seventies for the uh, L.A. Lakers. F- yes. Yeah. Uh, famous for something else as well, Nathan. Banging lots of chicks, man. <laughs> Getting lots of puss. Man who claimed to have slept with over, I think it's like ten thousand women or something. Or something like that. Yeah. You know? Is that the same? Is that from the same science where we touch our face two thousand times a day? Yeah, that's right. Right. That's yeah, movie science. Yeah, movie science. Uh, no, I, I have heard that. I mean, if if if. If it's true, I believe it. I mean, look at the guy. He's a basketball star. kind of makes it pretty amazing that uh, the queen charges Bombata with protecting the virginity of the princess. Well, she's 14 years old. He's not a fucking pedophile. <laughs> Fair enough. Jesus Christ. You know, good for you, Wilt. You know, you really, uh, really stepped up. Didn't pull a Kobe there. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, we can say that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so they go off. One of the things I noticed about this movie right off the bat, because and we'll get into it, but I had just watched Crawl. This movie looks fucking great. Yeah. Like, it looks great. It looks fantastic. Um, and the way it's edited by Richard Fleischer, you can tell this guy has directed a lot of action, and he's kind of grown with the times. The way it's edited, the way the action is cut, it's uh, very ahead of its time. I've heard it referred to as the geography of action sequences, right? Yeah. So being able to tell where everybody is in relation to each other uh, is done really well in this movie, and that, that kind of keeps it tied together and keeps it from being sloppy. Yeah. It's not a lot of weird smash cuts where you don't, or like super close-ups where you don't know what the fuck is going on. No. Um, it was all filmed in mostly in Mexico yeah. and then a little bit in the Midwest yeah. and uh, America. Whereas the first one's all filmed in Spain. Which is crazy because I mean like I feel like the land that's in um, Robert E. Howard's books is kind of... It's Europe. Is it Europe? It's a condensed yeah. Europe, Asia, and Africa. It feels like it's got some parallels with like Mongolia. And, it like, does Mongolia because Mars, it's, all, right? it's all condensed, right? So like in Robert E. Howard's uh, Hyboria or whatever it's called, right? Like everything's everything's smashed together, right? Everything's kind of like crushed together a bit, right? Sure. So like where Conan's from uh, Samaria or whatever it's called, it's like the Norse lands and then there's like the English area and there's, but Asia's like right over here, like not far away, right? right? But it, I mean, it, you would, I really, I was looking for a while, I didn't look up where it was made until after it was over yeah. and I was like, did they go to, you know, like the Middle East or like Mongolia or something to film no, this and no they no. really do a good job they do a great job wide shots of finding locations that looked you know like they were this fantasy land it was great man really like I said they, they really really knocked it out of the park uh, visually with this movie um, and you know and, and then it gets completely banana pants at about the midway point when they go to the um, when they actually get to the uh, magician's castle to steal this item that this crystal yeah. that they need right okay, well so let's let's back up a little bit on the plot so um, yeah, so the Conan gets recruited by the queen. They go back to the 
kingdom that she's Shatazar. from. Shatazar. is that what yeah. it's called? Um, yeah, we... Uh, they, she explains about her niece, Jenna, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, there's a scene where they're coming into the city uh, where the cam- he sees the same camel that... Uh, oh, yeah, and he smacks it on the it's, head, yeah. He, he apologizes to the camel, and yeah. the camel spits on him, which it just looks like about... This is- a gallon of bird yeah, shit. Yeah, I actually didn't know that. This is the second animal that Arnold punched in the face so far in the <laughs> yeah. movie because he punched he, a horse earlier. This one he like like hammer yeah, hammer, hammer fists on the top of the head. Um, yeah, then we cut to a scene in the Queen's private peacock sanctuary slash titty bar. <laughs> there are a lot of peacocks. I, you know what? And that's another that's another thing that just kind of made me feel this movie. They were looking for a, they had a real high end feel to it. You know, like peacocks running around. You know, I felt like I was spending a fortune just watching it. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then, long story short, so Conan, uh, Bombata, the uh, Princess Jenna, and Malak yeah, we've, we've gone hit, over hit the road, and they're going to where? What is this location? This, like, uh, looks like the Silver City this, from the Never this, Story this, Part uh, Where this wizard, like, Amon Soon or something like that. It's right. It's like some type of name, something like that. And he's got this crystal, and they need this. They need the crystal. They need this horn. They need a bunch of the, the crystal to go in the horn so they can put it on the okay. statue and it bring it back to life, right? right? That's pulling it together a little bit for Yeah. So it doesn't, that doesn't matter because they, they, they get there. He turns into a... A bird. Big ghost bird. And the wizard does. Jenna. Yeah, yeah, the wizard does. Uh, then this, they get in a boat and uh, go to try to rescue Yes, her. and this is one of my favorite parts of the movie. This is one of the parts that always stuck with me. So when I Arnold, enjoyed this. Yeah, so when Arnold finally fights the wizard, uh, the wizard's like this big big monster, and he accidentally breaks... He's in this room full of mirrors, and he accidentally breaks a mirror and then realizes that hurts the, the monster. So for the rest of the time, he's just fucking shattering these mirrors. They have and a full-on... This like reptile creature or whatever. They have a full on pro wrestling match. Like it's really funny the way the choreography is in it. Uh, the reptile monster fights a lot like Razor Ramon, uh, the wrestler. He uh, yeah. tries to pick him up for the razor's edge at one point. He does a, f- a full on Hulk Hogan body slam to him. He does. At another point, it, I, I was uh, pretty <laughs> pretty. I wonder if the the actor who played the the reptile monster was. A wrestler. I was thinking the same thing. I'd be surprised if he wasn't because of how. Maybe not like a WWF wrestler, but no. someone who did pro wrestling, some like, jabroni man or something. Yeah, a jabroni. <laughs> Breaks all the mirrors, kills the wizard. Then they have to. This next part is kind of murky. When he kills the wizard, he stabs him through the chest, like clean through. Yeah. And uh, he pulls it out. Wizard yeah. walks out and just one handed yeah. pulls a full length sword out of his own chest. It's pretty vicious. So actually, there was one point we to- we totally glossed over, and I, I'm, I'm gonna take it back a bit. So, this is, and this is actually what I really like about this movie is we get led well, in on the fact. Walking point by point through the movie is not our strong suit. No. We're figuring it out. Uh... Uh, what what we're as the audience led into early on is that the queen is you know playing Conan for a fool. So this is all a setup, and yes. then once Conan helps them get all the stuff, get all the shit that they need, Babata is going to kill Conan. They're going right? to sacrifice Jenna. Yeah, that's the whole thing. They're going to sacrifice Jenna. So we actually know about this, but Conan doesn't. So we're watching this whole movie, you know, these events play out, knowing that Conan's going to get betrayed. So eventually. Um, after a couple of cool more battles gonna get betrayed by Bombada eventually or whoever right so they actually have a couple more really cool battles Um, he fights they fight uh, some of the queen's men I guess the first attempt to get rid of him Mm -hmm. they fight the queen's men and uh 
that's actually a really cool fight scene that takes place in the forest and Conan and this one guy square off in this really awesome uh, sword fight and I love yes. how the swords spark because yeah. that wouldn't happen in real life but it's really cool how they do in this movie apparently the sword budget on this movie was huge like they're using real uh, replica swords in a lot of yeah. scenes that cost thousands of dollars and then they're really day. cranking at each other too yeah, right are, like, yeah. Arnold's like can you imagine having a sword fight even a a play sword fight with, with Arnie, Arnold like, Schwarzenegger the power behind each one of those fucking like he, he he doesn't move twice I don't remember if he does it in Barbarian as well but where he like clangs one way and then there's like a full 360 yeah. back the other way yeah he does he's that he's really fucking doing that shit yeah that's it's pretty fucking badass um so yeah that fight's sweet is that before or after they set up camp in the forest that's right before right so before? then that's okay. so that, that now I want to touch on that because we have to talk about that yeah scene. that seems fucking hilarious so it's it has, <laughs> a lot going on there yeah uh first and foremost Conan gets completely fucking blottoed in this scene so, and it's hilarious Conan I it's true in Barbarian as well. I remember thinking at the beginning of watching this movie, Conan might be a little slow. Like, you know, it might just be the way that Arnold plays him and his broken English or whatever, but he comes <laughs> off pretty dumb. But he really crosses a line into, like, special needs when he's drunk. He's, like, drooling and, like, <laughs> like going wall-eyed. It's, it's very... I thought it was very funny. I thought it was hilarious, man. That's, like... I don't know. I just that movie it just makes it even more enjoyable at that point. Like if you're not already enjoying the movie to that point, which you probably are, if you have any type of a soul, at that point you're really like getting into the characters. You really now you're now they're a crew. Now they're a, a bonded crew, right? Even though you know that Bombada is going to betray him, the, the princess doesn't know. Whatever the fuck, the, the Jenna doesn't know that, right? Grace Jones. Then you get to see Malik trying to like feel up Grace Jones. And that yeah. So so uh, yeah, that happens. Uh, and then just shortly after that, you have Grace Jones teaching Jenna how to use a bow staff, and she's doing the like, you know, creepy drunk guy at a bar teaching a hot girl how to play pool thing of like getting behind her and like holding her wrists and being yeah yeah you know, yeah through it. And then Conan comes up and does the same thing with her right after. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> that whole scene was fucking great. I loved it. Then shortly after that, they leave and they're riding, and we have an amazing little piece of the movie where. Uh, Malik give like Jenna's asking a bunch of questions about like men she's obviously interested in well no because first Grace there. Jones is like you take him yeah you just take him you take him what would you do if you want a man I'd just go up to him and I'd just take I'd him I'd take him like that and she's like just take him yeah and then she goes and talks to Malik who gives her the talk yeah he's like well you know uh, you just gotta well they, they gotta join I remember being a little kid and being like what the fuck man yeah how do you think plants are made yeah what do you think what do you think what's it, what do you think flowers are all about or something like that. He actually that. said, uh, well, uh, the man, he has to take his um, and uh, grab her by the... Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, grab her by the what? Grab her by the what, Malik? What? I really want to know. Not, not woke, Malik. I'm really, I'm really upset that we never, we're never going to know what the fuck... Is it grab her by the pussy? Is that I'm what it is? I'm familiar with the mechanics of heterosexual sex, and uh, I don't know what grab her by the anything could yeah, be. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... I mean, the throat, if it's something you both discussed beforehand. If, if you're, you're both consenting, that, right? I mean, GGG, right? As but, I mean, Dan Savage would say. But it's not a requirement. I mean, that's not the first thing I would explain to a young girl. No, a 14-year-old girl, I'd probably I'd say, like, you know, just to start out, you just kind of want to, you know... Well, let's just not go into this. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get back. We'll circle back. Uh, we'll circle back. So, they, they have one more big battle. I don't really understand this one. Like, she leads them into this, like, cave, and then there's another item there, I guess, that they need. 
Uh, is that not the horn? The horn, yeah. Yeah, okay. So they need the horn as well. And then there's a... They, uh, they have to open the mouth of this big... Uh, I think it's a statue of Dagoth, right? Like, yeah. Like a lizard... Uh, like a crocodile head. For sure, right? And then they get the... And then there's this other group of people... Uh, we get confronted group. by the, the priests of cultists. the... Cultists. Yeah, the, the Dagoth yeah. cultists. Yeah, very Lovecraftian. And they get a wizard battle, uh, which is pretty cool, you know. <laughs> to get into a wizard battle. Yeah. Who can uh, who can keep that door open? Who can keep that mouth from closing? There's this oh maybe it's actually back at the Crystal Palace or whatever, but where um, they're trying to open a door and Malik says to um, what is uh, Miko's character's name uh, Akiro, um, just wizard it open. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. <laughs> I do like how Malik is constantly giving the wizard shit throughout the movie. That's one of the funny ongoing Malik, things. Malik is in a different movie. He's in like a stoner comedy from like yeah. 1991. Yeah, it's pretty great, man. It's yeah. a, it was a really interesting casting choice, and uh, again, and it follows another trend that I want to get into, but of how like interchangeably American and English everybody is. Yeah. That happens a lot in fantasy movies. Star Wars started and, the trend, right? Movies, Star yeah. Wars started that trend, right? Uh, it doesn't matter where you're from, what color your skin is, sometimes you're English, sometimes you're American. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter. It's just a choice in how you talk. I guess, right? I want to talk like this. I could talk like this. I could talk uh, like this. Hey, governor. Oh, God, never do that. <laughs> um, Edit that up. This fight scene was actually pretty cool. It's pretty vicious. There's some good uh, some good killings. Is this, this is... Uh, them trying to escape yeah. the temple of yeah the fight uh, scenes in this movie are all are all good they're all solid they're all pretty brutal they all look good they're all there's a lot happening in them you always you're always I'm always afraid it's not gonna be and there's always a couple of good slashes in yeah. there you got in this one you got Bombada fighting with his um yeah weird mace that's got like a, a spike a, on a it spike on the back yeah, of it yeah he's just like putting that into people it's yeah. pretty vicious yeah that was pretty that was pretty brutal uh and eventually of course. You know, he betrays them. He tries to cave in a cave on them and trap them in there with the uh, with the cultists. Yeah. And so right off makes with off with Jenna. Yeah. And they go back finally. to the castle. And uh, to the peacock sanctuary. And then for the one, yeah, one final scene. So they get back there. The ceremony is happening. Uh, they're about to sacrifice Jenna. Who doesn't know she's going to be sacrificed? But I think she's doped up at this point. Yeah, they they drug her. Yeah, they right? drug her real good. Make her drink some wine. So and, they're just uh, drunk. I think it's just, they're just, she's just drunk. Well, she's fourteen apparently, yeah. right? So like two or three glasses of her, wine. Give her a glass of wine. Yeah, uh, and uh, they put the horn on the <laughs> statue, which is like kind of like a looks kind of like a Roman statue, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess because they interrupt the ceremony by Grace Jones throwing a my, uh, fucking spear. My favorite, my favorite scene of the movie from like. From like a balcony, yeah. halfway across the room, she hucks this full-length spear, and it just laser beams. You see it like you see it flying through the air, and it goes right through the priest, yeah. like one shot, blood spraying <laughs> everywhere as he's doing the ceremony. So and Jenna, Jenna doesn't get sacrificed, and as a result, yeah. The, as soon as it goes through, the the Dagoth statue that's coming to life starts to like melt and deform. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it was supposed to turn into, but what it does turn into it looks like I, a cross I, between a unicorn and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, totally. I I had a creature from the Black Lagoon in there too. My theory is it was gonna based on like the Dagoth statues in the the place they were before with yeah. the cultists that it's gonna kind of just be the Gorn from the original Star Trek, you know, the the lizard man that fights Kirk in the in the. That's their that's their god. Yeah, that's they worship the a Gorn. lizard. <laughs> that's some weird Lovecraft shit, right? Like a great old one, fucking. Yeah, thing right yeah. There. It, it comes. To, it's fucking creepy. It I is. mean, one real 
quick, easy way to make goes it goes down pretty right. easy though. It does, yeah. Yeah, Conan kills it real good and just cuts the slices the shit out of it, man. Like just goopy blood spraying it, everywhere. It looks, and, like, it's a real um, like Cronenbergian like monstrosity, and he's cut it open and like green paint is shooting out of it. And, oh yeah, it's yeah. fucking disgusting, man. It's pretty good. Yeah, so he he dispatches of that, and it kills the queen too. It somehow doesn't it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then he, yeah, and Arnie uh, Arnie kills Bombata, stabs him real good. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of hoped yeah, a little bit more. Right. Yeah, they I kind of was, fight. I was hoping for a little bit more out of that fight. It mm-hmm. was uh, pretty. He dispatches Bombata pretty quickly there, but maybe it was an Arnold's contract. He's like, I don't want to lose to Will Chamberlain. Bombata looks terrifying. He does. Like you really are afraid of that character. Uh, the whole movie. He's he's seven one and a bit, right? He's, yeah, he's huge. Seven foot two. Yeah. And unlike most guys that big, he's in really good shape. Um, well, he's, he's a professional athlete, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, I think he's uh, was quoted as saying that if he, uh, if it was an option for a guy his size, or if he didn't have like a basketball scholarship, he would have been a boxer. Oh my god. Yeah. And he seems like a guy that would be like an MMA yeah, isn't fighter. That what, isn't that what Shaq Sha- said? Shaq too? said he would have been a yeah. UFC fighter if uh, that had been as big when he was in uh, in uh, high school. Yeah, the creature um, effects were fantastic on yeah, Dagoth. So Dagoth's well. dead. Bombata's dead. And um, then you get the, the final scene is the the new the, pr- the princess Jenna being made into the queen and appointing everybody as her. Tries like, to convince Conan to rule with her. And then he says no because he's gonna have his own kingdom, Eventually. And his own queen. And they cut to a little a little scene of that teasing a movie that was never made. Conan well, the Conqueror. Uh, King Conan it was supposed to be called, and it was supposed to be come. It was supposed to come out a couple years ago, but they couldn't get the they couldn't get well, Arnold. Originally, they were and, gonna make. Conan the Conqueror back in yeah. the 80s. They didn't do that. And then, yeah, and then Arnold said he was going to do King Conan. King Conan. Yeah. Uh, or they also were going to call it The Legend of Conan. Um, a couple a couple ideas, right? Um, actually, just for a little bit more Conan content that's good, uh, it, uh, for, first of all, at all costs, avoid the Jason Momoa Conan movie. That movie's fucking garbage. Yeah, two thumbs down. Uh, but uh, the Conan video game with uh, Ron Perlman. Yeah, Conan, that game is great. Which is very God of War-like. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good game. That game's a uh, fuck up a lot of fun. So if you can actually get your hands on that, I would definitely try it out. I think it was an Xbox 360 and PS3 yeah. generation game. Okay, so we both agree a good movie. Two thumbs. Uh, I, I give, got, it, yeah, give it... Let me, let's give it... Uh, what's your rating for uh, Conan the Destroyer, Nathan? I give it uh, five swallowed gems out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I give it uh, one whole horn of Dagoth. Nice. Um, okay. That, All right. That wraps well, that's up Conan. Conan. Uh, we're going to be back. We're gonna pause in and we're going to be back. Minutes. What and are we going to do? I guess we're going to have to talk about the movie Crawl, Nathan. Oh my God. Okay. So buckle your fucking seatbelts. Hold on to your butts. Okay, so now we get to talk about my favorite Liam Neeson movie, <laughs> not, the 1983 film Crawl, um, <laughs> a movie that is cool as hell when you're explaining it to someone, not so much when you are watching it. <laughs> 
Oh my god. So, oh yeah. This, this movie was made Not in 1983, much like we Chris born. and Nathan. Yeah. And unlike Chris and Nathan, it is riddled with imperfection. It sucks. Unlike Chris and Nathan, it's it sucks. It's crap. Uh, this movie cost thirty million dollars, which adjusted to inflation is seventy-seven million dollars. <laughs> but it looks like it was filmed on a studio backlot. Uh, from discarded oh, Wizard of Oz Na- sets. Nathan, it takes place across the land of Kroll or wherever the fuck uh, from, you know, yeah, is one, one part of Central Europe to a different part of Central Europe and everywhere in between. Yeah, yeah. No, they... Uh, they definitely went out there and filmed a lot of like landscapes and had some helicopter shots. That kind of looks cool. Yeah, and then like the five total minutes of that there is, yeah, it looks cool. And then it, the rest of it was filmed in like a fucking soundstage. Like that swamp part went on for forty-five minutes, man. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's skipping ahead, but I wrote. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying. I wrote. Um, it's the uh, the wait, wait, when I get to the swamp, but uh, I mean at that like. Well, whatever. You know what? Forget it. Let's let's. This let's, movie let's tries walk, to. Let's try to walk through the plot. This movie is probably turn. the most the most shameless like post Star Wars type of cash and attempt I've ever seen. There's like, so much Star Wars going the on. The amount there. of money that they put into it, like so. Well, hold on, like what, what? Like so, it's kind of like a fantasy sci-fi hybrid. Like it starts out with the epic music, a score by James Horner, who's scored like countless. Excellent movies so, over time, what right? What do you think of the music right off the I love the music. I thought like the music it. was great. I like yeah. it. I found it oppressive, though. Like, it is so loud and in your face, like, this big brass, you know, yeah. fucking score. It's like every single scene, even when it seems like it should be chill, sounds like the epic ending credits to, like, a different fantasy movie. You know, it's like... I guess time. I don't know, man. I thought I thought that was like one of the better parts of the movie. So yeah, yeah. Of saving graces. Because I thought I didn't otherwise. hate it. It was cool. Um, there's also weird moments where there's no soundtrack at all in this movie. It's so just silence. This big giant rock spaceship slab of rock. Well, first, first you get the glaive spinning around in space. Who cares? All willy nilly. Then yeah, then you get uh, what we come to learn is uh, what is it called? The Black Fortress. Sure. Yeah. Uh, shit fortress. Yeah, it's flying around. It's coming upon this planet. I gotta crawl. say, coming up on crawl. Up on crawl. Sorry, the planet crawl. The planet the world crawl. Of crawl. We can't forget that the planet is what's crawl for some reason. Home of the cruller. It's where the cruller was invented. <laughs> um, so it is kind of cool. Like I'll, I'll take you through. There's like a little bit of an opening narration here, but like it is. I, it is kind of cool that it, it is sci-fi mixed with fantasy, right? Like this thing is a big stone castle, but it goes from planet to, from world to world, conquering people and then moving on. Yeah, but we don't know why or how or anything else about it, man. Like I, you know, I like a like a I like a, a an ambiguous sci-fi creature from you know the depths of space, like in Aliens or whatever. This movie is not. This movie just sucks and that's its problem but that's why I said earlier that like when you explain the plot of the movie it's pretty cool it's just not executed I think that even explaining it it still sounds lame (laughs) I think that when they were making this movie when they were writing this movie like as they were writing it they were like wow that's fucking cool but they didn't have the technology or like the right people behind it like the guy who directed this movie Peter Yates he directed the movie Bullet which is one of his big films right with Steve McQueen and another movie called Breaking Away which is like a coming of age movie that's really famous but like he's not really you can tell he doesn't really know how to direct action yeah. Right? Yeah, this so, movie is boring. Yeah. It's way too fucking long. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It's, a, it's full a full two hours, and it needed to be, like, 90 minutes, 
and needed to be way more violent so, and about 60% less gay than it is. Oh my god. This movie man. is it's pretty gay. Pretty gay. And I don't mean that as like no, a it's not teenage bad. It's boy, just, like, no, it's gay. I mean, like, in the way that everything yeah. that came got produced in England in the 1970s is like a little gay, like Monty Python gay. <laughs> I don't know if that was really gay. Uh, what, uh, yeah, well, Colwyn's Col- tights. First of all, yeah. what kind of a fucking name for your protagonist is Colwyn? Like, that doesn't, that's not a strong name. That sounds like the name that, like, an Asian prep school kid would have. Yeah, yeah, that's a very modern name. Like, Colwyn Chan. Colwyn's gonna come back around for sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a pretty terrible garbage name. That really bothered me. Uh, but just to give a brief plot summary of this movie, so basically, this, this, the dark, the dark uh, palace or whatever it's called crashes onto crawl years go by and the the slayers as they're called yeah. led by their ruler the, the beast, beast. Uh, they're like parasitic creatures that inhabit like shell bodies which again isn't expanded on at all you just kind of see this happen yeah uh, they attack a royal wedding between these two kingdoms uh, between Colwyn and Princess Lissa who's Princess Lissa. dubbed over in the worst fucking way possible oh god yeah she's painful when she's oh on the screen oh my god Did, couldn't enjoy that um, yeah, this movie, I mean, I have it written down in, in my notes somewhere. This movie is confusing. Like, it's real hard to tell what the fuck is yeah, going so on. Yeah, so the royal wedding is ambushed. Everyone dies. Colwyn's badly injured. His father's dead. And this old guy comes out of nowhere with no context, no plot, just rescues him and says, Rest You're the chosen one. You're the king now. You have to do this. I thought I was rescuing a king. And you're like, who the fuck are you, man? Yeah. What is this? Yeah, yeah, no context, no explanation. Colwyn just buys into it immediately. Yeah, this, what's that guy's name? We gotta look that shit up. Oh, uh, yeah, we Edding, Eddington from uh, Deep Space Nine. Well, no, that's Colwyn, Eddington, Colin, yeah. Okay. Uh, Commander Eddington, yeah. I can't believe that's the same guy. While you look that up, I'm gonna take this time to point out that uh, Colwyn uh, looks like Kenny Loggins. Kinda, yeah. There's a picture of Kenny Loggins that I found. Oh, wow. Colwyn. Not quite the same hair, though. I'll post that on our Instagram. Follow us at. Uh, <laughs> I just made it. Handsome Boys Pod. We'll figure stuff. We will, out. but I'm trying to find the name of the actor who plays the the guy who is like his his buddy, right? The this old man, basically, like you know, gets Colwyn to go and get the glaive, which is the symbol of power for his the ancient ancestors or something like that. So he goes into this volcano, puts his hand into lava, and like which proves he's the chosen one. Gets the glaive. He doesn't use the glaive again at all. No, no, he doesn't. Not until the hour and forty-one minute mark. The the glaive is fucking lame. The glaive is the world's worst multi-tool. It's like it's it's like a like a star-shaped bejeweled piece of gold with five you know three-inch-long pocket knives on the end of it that you I guess throw and it's got a mind it it seems like it's it's sentient or something I I guess but they don't again they don't get into that either right so they're they're moving you through this this story where you don't really understand anything and the world feels so empty Mm -hmm. you know like you don't there's nobody there there's no towns or anything like that they come across these bandits uh Liam Neeson uh 
and Robbie Coltrane, uh, Hagrid from the Harry Potter movies. Uh, Robbie Coltrane. I did not pick up on that. That was Robbie Coltrane. This yeah. whole time. That's really funny. And then they meet this Cyclops and Liam fucking Neeson. Yeah, Liam Neeson. So uh, wait, hang on. So yeah, so they pick up this uh, band of robbers or escaped prisoners I guess I think they're escaped prisoners because yeah. the society has collapsed since the kingdoms have all fallen right? I just remember it because I wrote it down at this point watching the movie that I, I wrote down stop fucking smiling because the guy that plays Colwyn like his only move is to just constantly be like eyes open and like mouth wide they're threatening to kill him and he's like ah we need men like you just stop <laughs> fucking smiling the whole time it was uh, it's, it's I, infuriating I couldn't stop thinking about yeah. it at that point for the rest it's, of the movie it's, onward it's absolutely terrible man like I was just like I was squirming in my chair at this point I was like when is this fucking movie gonna end and I was like oh my god another hour and ten minutes oh, are you fucking kidding me you skipped over when we meet um what the fuck is the guy's name the like the fool guy that kind of looks oh. like James Coogan Steve Coogan? Steve Coogan. That kind of does. Uh, yeah, like Edgar the Edgar, Magnificent yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Oh, man. He's pretty terrible. He's ridiculous. It's weird because... He's they, supposed to be a magician. There's no... Like, the, for the human, like the Krullians, the Krullers, there's no um, magic that's, like, kind of set up at any point before then. It's you just, there. You just assume... Like, because the, 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 what are they called? The Slayers, they shoot lasers and stuff. They're like sci- sci-fi, you know, yeah. villains. But the the people of Crow are just, they just wield swords and whatnot. But then when this guy shows up, he flies in like a Roman candle yeah. in the water. That's what it was. It was a Roman candle. It was a Roman yeah. candle. And they're not surprised by it at all. So I guess there is magic. No, and what's his fuck with smiling the entire goddamn sure time? Sure fucking was. <laughs> uh, we also, once again, we, we're, we're going to get better with this. We did forget one key point. Lissa is kidnapped by the uh, Slayers and That's, taken to oh, be... Is that, a key, is that a key point? Yeah. And taken to be the wife of the beast for some reason. <laughs> um, and it keeps cutting to her in his... Uh, Castle, I guess, which is kind of like. Oh yeah, this is the postmodern. This kept me awake. Was the scenes of Princess Lissa navigating the inside of the Black Fortress and having conversations with the Beast the whole yeah. time? It's pretty trippy. I feel like most Those of that. Are, I want. I want to watch that movie. Went into like building the set inside the Black Castle because it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. They did that was actually pretty neat. Right, I didn't. I did enjoy that. One of the few good sets in that movie. Uh, and the costume design, man. I mean, I know that movie definitely got a lot of costume designers, a lot of work, but uh, the costume design was pretty cool. It was a lot of a lot of tight pants. Yeah, a lot of tight pants. There's a, there's a conservatively a three hour long scene um, in the beginning where he's climbing the mountain to get the glaive, and uh, you get a lot of, a lot shots, of, ass of his shots, ass shots, ass and ass striped tights. leather tights. Yeah, a lot of tights and ass. Yeah, so this movie definitely like a gay audience would definitely TNA enjoy baby this. tights yeah. and ass. Yeah, it's definitely a movie about like dudes hanging out together and being sweaty with each other. Oh, there's a lot of this is movie is very pro male friendship. Yeah, yeah. I will say that. Uh, so after they recruit the thieves or whatever, and now we do meet up with their wives at some point out of nowhere, like they just show up. Oh yeah, no, they stop in a village where some of them have wives. Oh, is it? A they village? make a joke that Liam Neeson like gets around a lot, and then right, he's got right, like right, many right. wives, and he's got yeah. one in this town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's after that's after we meet the Cyclops, though, I believe. Yeah, the cy- the fucking Cyclops, man. <laughs> I mean, it's a cheap and easy joke to say. It's like an old Star Trek joke, but his head 100% looks like a penis. And I'm so sure 
that if you took off his hair, the top of it would just be like smooth and helmet shaped with like a little hole at the top. So you're looking at this guy's face and all you can see is a penis the yeah, entire time. Just take that eyeball, move it up like 90 degrees to the top of his head. Oh man, that's hilarious. <laughs> Fucking penis. Uh, Cyclops. Hilarious, right? Cyclops is actually the coolest character in the movie when he, he gets is the, the coolest but character. But he gets the short shrift. Because he's like invincible and they also uh, they, like they gloss over it but I guess Cyclopses are from another world and they used to have yeah. two eyes. Do they fly on rocks too? I don't know. Like, I guess. Yeah, they used to have two eyes at one point too but they uh, they were cursed with one eye by the... I, I Who like the how, fuck cares? I like how primitive Krull is when they're aware of the concept of space travel in their, uh, their lore. Dude, there's history. no like credence given to this rich backstory that we're supposed to be aware of when you want to when you watch this movie right like it's very strange yeah the world building is fucking uh, false terrible uh then they go to finally to meet to, they, they need to find this dark fortress i guess so they go to find to the seer the old man yeah who's got like a little boy with him he sure does uh, and then I love how the, the Egger guy or whatever is like, give me some candy. And he's like, oh, I got this cinnamon spot. He's like, baby, baby, good enough. I was like, what the fuck is this movie? What a, yeah, he develops a very uh, interesting, relationship really with close boy. relationship with this little boy, for sure. I got more to say about that later. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, we meet this. We go through, we go through the swamp. No, no, we haven't. Got, yeah. No, because so we meet we meet the old man. Hopefully, we don't stay in this talking about the swamp as long as they stay in the swamp. Oh, in the fucking we movie, don't have man. I don't have enough time in my life for that. Um, no, we go to this the old seer. He's this four hundred year old man that's been living in the mountains with his boy companion, smoking moon rocks for yeah. you know the back half of his life. And, uh, and what is actually a cool scene is he does manage to conjure up an image yeah, of the uh, of the, the of the black fortress, but the hand of the beast comes and shatters it. That was like, cool. That was cool. I did like. I did appreciate that. One of the few cool scenes. Uh, my favorite cool scenes coming up though. Uh, so well, now, so now they convince him. They need to go to the swamp. Yeah, the right? swamp, those swampy marshes, which are like because there's a place where his magic can't reach. So I guess the plan is to go there and have him try to see again, but then he won't get cock blocked by the beast. Yeah, time. there's a part in the swamp where yeah the the beast magic can't reach. Or well, something. yeah, right. So they go through the swamp and for a long time. And much like the swamp, this section of the movie is an unending bland void of nothing happening. But one thing that does happen, which is pretty fucking horrifying is the uh, old man gets like viciously murdered. I loved that whole thing. Like uh, a a changeling looking like the old man comes out of the woods chokes him from behind, stabs him in the neck with these nails that his fingernails grow to points and then replaces him and pretends to be him but every time nobody's looking he opens his eyes and he's got black like pupils and corneas and whites and everything it's all just black. Yeah. Black eyeballs. And uh, then he tries to kill. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Colin. Colin. Uh, <laughs> I have to turn your page back. <laughs> what's that fucking? What's his name? Shitty Tr- protagonist's name Tr- again? Tristan. Uh, yeah. Well, that certainly would have made a lot more sense, wouldn't it? Tristan. Yeah, Tristan would have been better. That would have been much better. Tristan. Dude, fucking Brad would have been better than Colin. Yeah. I'm Brad. I thought one thing I thought was funny in the swamp scene here is. They're all trying to... Because the old man's blind, right? He can only see with magic. Um, yeah. So they're just... 
all helping like guide him along and they're just to get some action happens right some some uh, uh slayers come after them and everybody's just they're passing him off and they're just jerking this old man around like and it looked like the old man they had playing him was really struggling to like keep his footing <laughs> he really did yeah and that like vi- like strangely built sound stage that just seemed to go on the, forever so they kill some more slayers here this happens in the beginning but we we get clear proof i guess that the slayers are like worm like creatures, dark city kind of yeah inhabiting these these shell bodies shell bodies that look kind of like you know stormtroopers fantasy astronauts yeah or whatever um when they crank kill the them, fantasy up to a million degrees there right? yeah, yeah. When, when they kill one they scream they all scream the same and yeah. it sounds like r2d2 when he gets overloaded by like, like a the, shriek the door in return of the jedi yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, it yeah, blows yeah. all the circuits out like woo, like yeah kind of a sound and they jump into the sand but like, what are they doing? Are they going into Quick, the sand? Quicksand! Scourge of the 1980s. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a really horrible quicksand scene. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about when we were doing fantasy movies, we didn't even think about the never-ending story. Probably because I blocked that movie out of my mind because of the quicksand scene. Uh-huh. This one had a very similar, v- slow, vicious quicksand death. It looked good. It must have been it gross It does actually look great. It looks like they maybe like dumped a bunch of mulch and sawdust on top of water yeah like or something like that it looked like a rough scene to film like it wouldn't have been a, that wouldn't have been a fun scene for them no. to film they all did it right yeah that one guy the one guy dies yeah one of their companions dies yeah. pretty pretty sad who cares like, like you don't even know who half these people are I don't have no right? idea who he was didn't know him before don't so, miss him now but yeah they finally uh, they finally get out of the marshes after the old man's dead this guy dies in the quicksand thing they never get their vision yeah there is something that happens here because the next step is for them to go on to the, the spider lady. We have to get so into that. We'll have to get into that. But before that, I mentioned the uncomfortable friendship that, uh, is his name Ergo? Ergot or Ergo or, or, or whatever, something like that. As of the boy. Right. So there's a scene earlier where the boy, they're talking about Eggert. what they would wish if Eggert. they wish for Eggert. anything. Eggert the Magnificent. I okay, think, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, yeah, short in stature, tall in power, narrow yeah. of purpose, and wide, <laughs> wide of vision. See, that's pretty funny. Like, I want more of that, right? Yeah. Like, um, So there's a scene earlier where he's talking with the boy about, like, if you could wish for anything, what would you wish for? And the boy says a puppy, and he, like, teases him about it. And then when they're on their way to the Spider Queen, uh, he disappears in the woods for a second and turns himself into a puppy, an adorable basset hound puppy, yeah. and comes out, like, and finds the boy, and the boy's excited, and he picks him up, which just... Seemed really creepy to me, right? And, I mean, you know, there was also that scene earlier where he's, like, telling the kid, like, yo, oh, yeah, you know, puppies, like, they really like it when you put your fingers in their mouth or, like, you know, like, stroke their tails real slow. I do not remember that That's how I remember it happening. Oh, my God. You know, that just made this part extra creepy for me. (laughs) Gross, dude. Uh, So, yeah, let's talk about the spider face. The old man whose name we can't find... Uh, the guy who's kicked off this whole quest, he reveals that he can get us into. He he has one more way to do it. If he goes to talk to his old girlfriend, who's a spider queen. <laughs> his old his ex girlfriend. His ex girlfriend. Whose name? Who's she name, was a real spider queen. Whose name is also Lissa. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what should we name the spider queen? Lissa? That's already the princess's name. So what? What? They can't have two Lissas? What's you, you, you feel like uh, like the writer had like an ex-girlfriend named Lissa that was a real bitch? <laughs> Absolutely. Lissa's for life, man. <laughs> this, was, this, was, this was the movie to get her back. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I need two characters after you, baby. <laughs> Take me back, Lissa. It's like, oh, I heard Spielberg named one of his characters after his girlfriend. Well, I'll name, I'll name two after you. <laughs> 
Uh, so you want to be the Spider Queen? This 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 scene makes absolutely no sense, and it features some pretty rough special actually, effects. I actually kind of love this scene because well, it, yeah, me too, because it, it was it was fucking ridiculous. It reminded me of like a like Clash of the Titans or something, right? Kinda, like, yeah. Except it was made much later than that, right? Yeah, know, years yeah. years later. Yeah. Well, then yeah. So basically, he crawls across giant webs, avoids a giant spider, talks to his ex girlfriend who uses her the last of her powers to to find uh, the fortress gives him a, a handful of sand which is the rest of his life to get which is like how long his life will last to get back to I, the guy so he's sacrificing himself wait, hang on. I wrote down this like very quickly escalating conversation that the two of them have that sets up all of that yeah. that he knows her name that they they dated that they, they were they had a they, child that she they, killed yeah okay so yeah so she says uh, like he says her name and then he's like, I loved you. And then she's like, you left me. And then she says, we had a son. I killed him. <laughs> she says, and then she reveals, I, I couldn't kill you, so I killed him. And then she yeah. says, this is my punishment. <laughs> and then, uh, then he forgives her. She turns young. And uh, yeah, then yeah. I stopped writing. But So at this point, I wrote... What is this backstory? This movie is nuts. <laughs> uh, like I, I stopped under like whatever flimsy plot was thread was holding this movie together at this point was completely out the window. Nothing here made any sense. The movie, the movie is completely bananas. None of these things are tying together in any way that is cohesive at this point. So this is all just fucking. What? What doesn't make sense? They escape the Spider Queen, then they go and they, for some reason, decide they need to wrangle some horses, which we later learn are magical and can run on fire through the skies, and that that uh, Deus Ex Machina's them over to the Black Fortress. And then at one point, the Cyclops does it, was like, does it hold together for and you? Then the Cyclops goes, I can't go any further because this is where I I'm die. I'm going to die now. If uh, if I don't okay. die here, something horrible will happen to me. So he he doesn't he doesn't stay there. He goes he to rescue them. Five minutes later, like they like made an attempt to set up some kind of stakes that he's gonna die. You're like, okay, I, I guess I'll take your word for it. We never heard about it up until now, but your fucking clock is ticking, and if you have to stay where you are, or you're gonna be in horrible pain. And then he comes back five fucking minutes only later. to be crushed by a door. Only to be crushed by a door. Squished. Fucking squished. Yeah, <laughs> I did like that part. Me too. I did like that too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. The end was pretty, like, was pretty, like, they get to the Black Fortress, uh, they, you know, they kind of run around, everyone kind of gets into trouble, and then finally, at the hour and 41 minute mark, Colwyn whips out the glaive and throws it. And what does it do? Stops in one place and spins around really, really fast. Very <laughs> slowly saws a hole in a wall. Like, what the fuck? And then finally, after that, after he rescues Princess Lissa, the terribly dubbed Princess Lissa, he gets her out. These two bad guys come at him and he flips the glaive at them and it takes them out in a really cool way. And you're like, whoa, nice. I guess I always maybe mixed up my memory of the glaive with the disc from Tron or something like that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? mean like i thought it was cool but it's not it's yeah that's a cooler weapon yeah you know what's a cooler weapon is that disc uh from predator 2 uh that danny glover gets off of the predator that's cooler the glaive not cool the glaive is five swiss army pocket knives glued together and covered in jewels 
It would have been cool if this if it was used the way that Blade used his in the Blade movies. Oh yeah, there you go. That's another better, a better Where there was this, throwing weapon. I don't know if you remember this video game. It was for the Xbox 360 called Dark Sector. And it was like kind of one of those games that came out in the wake of like those Gears of War. So it was like a cover shooter, but your guy had a glaive. And when you throw it, it would like before it would hit people, the camera would go into slow-mo and you'd see it like cutting people's arms and heads off and stuff. I think I remember that. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. cool. So that's how you use a glade. And I think all that muddied my memory up because I remember really liking this movie. Like, I remember seeing this movie on TV when I was a kid and being like, Crawl is sweet. I like Crawl. Mm-hmm. But, man. God, you were a stupid kid. I don't get, yeah, I guess, right? I don't, I couldn't, I can't stand this movie, man. Like, I'm having a hard time, like, I don't even care about the ending. Like, it just, like. I, I liked it more than you, and yet I will. My consensus is that it was a slog. I would not watch it again. Like it just, it, it, it there's, there's bones of something interesting there. There are, there is, a, there is like, there are elements of this movie I like. Like I think that this, a lot of it looks nice. I really like the, I really like the, the art direction. I really like the sets and the, some of the sets, mm-hmm. uh, especially the beast stuff. I mean, the, the money should show more, but it does show a little bit at least. Like, there's some cool shit in here. I think it shows a lot of, like, expensive helicopter aerial shots and stuff, I mean, man. I feel like, like the horse budget on this movie was through the roof, too. There's fucking horses everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. And that, that looked really bad, too, there when they're the green, the blue screen or whatever, I guess it would have been at the time when they were yeah. running against the, on the fire horses. The wide shots of them streaking across the fields looked okay. Yeah, oh, but you're talking about the close-ups oh, where, like, my the background's God. blazing past yeah, them. Yeah, it's real yeah. bad, man. They could have done a bit of a better job right, with I'm done talking about this movie, Nathan. Uh, give me, uh, give me your rating for Crawl. One Cyclops out of five. <laughs> One Cyclops. Uh, I'm no, gonna give it, I'm gonna uh, give it half a glaive. Half a, half a glaive. <laughs> two and a half uh, Swiss Army knives taped yeah. together. Uh, I'll give it uh, two pairs of striped leather pants. Striped tights. Striped leather tights. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, all right. yeah, I don't want to talk about crawl anymore. Let's crawl, my dudes. <laughs> crawl. Uh, yeah, don't want. Okay, so yeah, but straight up, like, I guess we should have said this for Conan, but we we enjoyed it. But would you recommend crawl? Because I kind of would, I guess. Like, if you want to take all the bases for '80s fantasy movies and stuff. I mean, like, I feel like I'm glad I watched it because it's it is like a cultural touchstone in a way. For some it's, reason, though, for I don't some get, reason, I don't get it. And it's kind of fun to talk about, but. I mean, don't rewatch it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I would give it a once around. If you, watch it. If you vaguely remember this from your childhood, don't turn it back. On. Watch it with friends. Smoke a dub. There you go. You know, something that's, like that. That's how don't, you do, uh, do, don't do don't. mushrooms and watch crawl, everybody. That's the the handsome boy's recommendation. Yeah, there you go. All right, we'll be back with uh, Dragon Slayer in a little bit. Peace. We are the slut dragons. We live in these slut caves where we fuck, suck, and eat butt, and we kindly ask that you leave. If the wizard knows we are here, he will imprison us. Yeah, we like it down here because we can fuck woolly mammoths. Get out! Okay, we are back, and now we're going to talk about 1981 anti-dragon propaganda film, <laughs> Dragon Slayer. Uh, by uh, Disney. Was it really by Disney? Yeah, it's Disney. A co-production that. by Disney and Paramount. Hey, what uh, do you know? Yeah, it is not available on Disney+. Plus. Uh, oh, that's too bad. No, they don't yeah, like no, it. When, I, we, we had a hard time finding it. We, we did. I had to, I had to scour multiple pirate yeah. sites to it's find a torrent. It's not available to stream on any platform. Um, you can't, and that's why piracy exists, kids. You can't buy it on... You can't rent it on demand piracy, anywhere. Piracy combats the... You know, monopoly that these streaming services have over our viewing material. And it's one of those. It's probably one of those things where the who knows who owns the rights anymore. Is it Disney? Is it Paramount? Whatever, right? Um, Depriving but, us of 
this rich classic film. But this is this, this is a movie that when I was a kid, I knew a lot of like. I went to this daycare and like I didn't know a lot you, of. people. Were you aware of this movie? Yeah, I so, was. I was aware. I don't think I ever saw it. But. So I was like a little kid, and I was going to this daycare, and I didn't know a lot of the people there. They went because they went to different schools, but I made friends with these two guys who were total dorks, and they introduced me to like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, a lot of that kind of stuff. And one, a bunch of dorks. And, and they were both really into Dungeons and Dragons. And one of the movies they really really liked. And I'm, and I'm not saying that this is synonymous with D and D players, but. These two, these two guys, one of the movies they really, really liked was Dragon Slayer, and I watched it with them on VHS when I was a really little kid, and I quite enjoyed it at the time. I have not seen it since then until today. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, let's not give our full reviews, but I mean, what's your kind of general take on this movie? I liked it. I liked it. I quite liked it. I was it. surprised yeah. how much I liked Me, this same, movie. Same here. It was, was a fun ride. It was a pleasant surprise. It starts so, slow. It's a little like, slow, but it's eno- it was enough to keep me interested. It started slow like so many movies of that era do on purpose, right? Yeah, yeah, Building yeah, its yeah. world. Um, it does. It builds a world. There you go. It's patient filmmaking, which is something that I... One thing I really, really like when we were talking about... Uh, I'm talking about a movie from Crawl, which was t- sort of suffered from an overabundance of, of using sound stages. This movie was mostly filmed on location a lot of the time. Is this like in, what, Scotland? Wales. I didn't look it up. Wales. Well, a little bit of Scotland, but mostly Wales. It fully looks it's like that part of the world. beautiful, man. It is beautiful. This the is fucking, one of the better looking movies. So the bu- budget, $18 million, uh, Gross, only $14 million. So it, Not, bombed. it, it bombed. Yeah, bombed but hard. They, most of that $18 million was spent on dry ice. All the, the smoke budget on this movie is off the All these charts. movies bombed. We should point that out. All the movies yeah, we talked about are, in this yeah, podcast today. But, you know, we were saying this before the podcast started, but, like, fantasy movies, I think, are less often successes in the box office, but they have yeah, legs, right? Like They do. That's the thing. People... It's a it's a it's a very specific genre that people are really passionate about, and I imagine, with the exception of Dragon Slayer, like all these movies and a lot of others that we talked about watching, are getting tons of play still, like still getting downloaded on Amazon. Oh, 100, yeah. You know, they're getting found by a new generation. Oh, absolutely. You know? And I hope that, like, maybe I don't know if anybody ever does listen to this. Like, I really hope that you do watch <laughs> Dragon Slayer because it's awesome. Like, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. It was, and like, I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that it is a Disney movie that they don't Disney doesn't really fuck around. And even if it's not a good movie that you're necessarily it, interested in, it's going to have a level of like competency to the filmmaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. That the, the pacing is is good for the most part. Um, for that that for that era. You saying that really kind of you know confirms or or, or like uh, um, contextualizes a lot of things that I was thinking about it. That it is. It's like a little. It's pretty gritty in a way. Right? It is very gritty. It's 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 filmed in the right way that it seems dirty and real, and the violence, the threat of violence, seems very. Watching, real. yeah, because it takes place, I think, but, in like a kind of a. I think because it's actually kind of cool because what it takes is like a historical fiction angle where it takes place in a real time period, like after kind of the collapse of the Roman Empire when all these like, um, when all these city states were, uh, all these like you know. It's like Earth if there was magic. Exactly, right? but it's like, still Earth, right? Like, a like they're in, they're in, they're in that part of the world, right? Yeah. Like Do they ever, they don't ever say place names though, right? Like, no, but like the stuff they have, like, but they have like Christianity and stuff like that. Like, right. Yeah, it's not like Crawl where they've got like. Well, Crawl takes place doesn't two, take place on Earth. Two, it takes two suns or whatever. It takes place on Crawl. That was actually cool. That I did was like, cool. I yeah, did like yeah, that. It's, yeah. I, so, which leads me to believe it might be in the same solar system as Tatooine. Yeah, I hope so. Right. In a galaxy far away. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, back okay, to Dragon so Slayer. Though. Let's uh, let's start to wrangle the plot of this thing uh, a little bit here. This one has a fun plot. It's got a cool I, plot. I, I, I really, really quite like, like this. Yeah. So we start off. 
with this troop of guy, whatever unnamed you know travelers coming upon like an old castle or wizard's whatever. castle yeah which is home to a they don't call him a wizard well they do at one point but he sorcerer. calls himself a sorcerer Lord, yeah. Lord Ulrich uh, yeah. my favorite character in the movie I love this he's guy he's really cool love the yeah. way he plays him he's like you think it's gonna be like a real traditional straight laced fantasy the way that like the setting of it is but he is sassy and yeah. sarcastic what does he say like what know? about the so and so sisters when they're trying to recruit him to do this right yeah yeah, yeah. he's yeah. trying to pawn off doing it he's yeah. like he's like oh that's not a, a claw it's a tooth you want to fight that thing yeah like, but he's still talking in like you know old English like it's not Ralph cheesy. Richardson that's his name Ralph Richardson yeah yeah, yeah he's great man he, he really uh uh, bodied that character well. Um, so, and I also, like, I mean, cutting ahead a little bit, he dies in the beginning, and uh, I thought the movie was going to be about him. I'm assumed he's the dragon slayer, right? I didn't know, I didn't know anything going yeah. into this movie, right? So, okay, so the world is called, I don't know if this is where they are. It's where Kingdom of Or. Well, Kingdom of Or. Yeah. And then this, the, the village that's plagued by the dragon is called Kragenmoor. Mm-hmm. That's where the travelers are from. So they're there. To try to recruit recruit this sorcerer, uh, Lord Ulrich, to come and kill their dragon, because yeah. I guess in the past uh, dragons were more abundant and sorcerers were more abundant, and, and they sorcerers take out. took out dragons. Right? So, and then and in this in this uh, kingdom, this duchy or whatever where they are, the lord has a lottery where one girl gets every five years gets sacrificed. He's to made a pact with the, the dragon. dragon. What's uh, his name? Dra- I wrote it down. Hang on. Vermithax pejorative. Yeah, pejorative. Yeah, that's great. Laszlo Panaflex. Laszlo Panaflex. That's what I thought about. So this is very similar because isn't the... Okay, so talking about what, how, what this movie has inspired, isn't the, the main dragon in Skyrim called something similar? Probably. Let me look that up. I real mean, quick. video games notoriously lift their yeah. bits of lore from other properties. Well, not not, not in like a theft kind like, of way, but like because they're building such a huge world, they got to focus on game design. So they'll, you know, like Halo or whatever, you know, is very much borrowing from. But what is like his names or whatever? Um, yeah, look that up. I'm curious to know. I have some questions about dragons later. We'll get into um, this dragon. Kind of had a little bit. We'll get Vermithax to pejorative. Vermithax, is it? Yeah, yeah, Vermithax pejorative. Cool. Cool name for a dragon. Good dragon name. I feel like, since this is one of those like kind of forgotten classics, that uh, a uh, lot par- of... Yeah, Parthrenax. Parthrenax. Yeah, there so these go. names are very, like... it's very. That's it's, the one from... from Skyrim. Skyrim, yeah, there the main go. dragon you have to so, fight at the end. So, I don't know if this movie invented it. I think I, I think it's from Unless D&D. Unless it's from, like, D&D. It's yeah, got to like be, man. Monster Manual. Do you think there is some type of correlation? We didn't really research that. No, that's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'm going to look into that, and maybe we'll talk about it next time if, if it is. But I, based on the name and the design and some other things about this dragon, I have a feeling that... They put a lot of money. Either this borrowed from something pre-existing that everything borrows from, or some future properties that we, like, kind of borrowed from this a little bit. Yeah, it, well, like, we're skipping ahead a little bit, you know, but the dragon yeah. looks cool. Okay, so let's go through the plot, because this, this one you can actually follow the plot pretty... Yeah, it's a pretty good pretty plot, yeah. So, so this, anyway, this lottery happens and the the girl will get sacrificed once per equinox five years or something like uh, that right or I, th- I thought it was once per equinox and then the arrangement is for five years oh okay or something like that yeah I don't know that that part was that was murky. I lost that a little bit but um, yeah so virgins get sacrificed yeah right so yeah so this group has come to try to save their village to try to get a sorcerer to kill the dragon they meet Lord Ulrich and uh, Hodge and Galen Bradwarden yeah uh, the, played by the great his, Peter McNichol um, yeah, played by Peter McNichol. I love Peter McNichol. I've always been a big fan of his. AKA 
uh, Janos from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> also, the, I believe, the male lead, I believe, in Sophie's Choice, which and came he, up. He is also in Ali McBeal. Uh, Ali McBeal. He was That's the best great. part of that show. Him, he was the, the, best him part of that show. the two lawyers, him and the other guy, uh, Greg Gurman. You know that, um, real quick aside. Cajun Fish. Yeah. That was the name of the law firm. That's right. Um, real quick aside on Peter McNichol, he came in and auditioned for the part of Janusz, and the, he did, that character had no explanation of like his mannerisms or his accent or anything. He could have been whatever they wanted, and he invented all that, that, all that shit. Oh and my then, God. apparently, they were like, okay, we'll call you, and they didn't call him, oh. and then they started doing more auditions and like doing screen tests, and the guys were doing like his kind of character that he had come up with on his screen test for it and he was like ready to fucking sue them if they like stole the kind of character yeah. that he invented but eventually they did the right thing and hired him to do it and he's fucking great oh man he uh, steals, steals a show he does he totally steals the show He's that's the thing is he's a show stealer and this is like one of the few movies where he's actually like the straight up lead yeah, right his, his face is so expressive I really it is yeah, I yeah, him. yeah he's, although always... I have to say let's, well okay let's talk about the plot because I have a comment to make about Galen okay so uh, yeah so they he agrees to see them, right? Even though originally they get rejected because uh, he's seen a prophecy. He's foreseen his own death. Uh, Lord Ulrich. Lord says. Ulrich. We're still we're still in the yeah. beginning here. So they get in there and he like reluctantly kind of agrees that he's going to help them with their dragon problem. Yeah. And then they go outside and uh, the... They get intercepted like, by the captain of the Kingsguard. The sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, basically uh, Tyrion. <laughs> Tyrion. Yeah. yeah, great fantasy names, Tyrion. Tyrion is a good fantasy name. Yeah, and also the Valerian is the name of the... Uh, That's right, yeah, Valerian. The boy girl. We'll get into uh, that. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Valerian is one of the crew. So anyway, the Lord Ulrich uh, gives a magic dagger to Tyrion and dares so, him to stab him. Well, hang on. So Tyrion shows up and he is basically, his stance is, I, you know, I want to stop that dragon as much as you do, but, you know, I, let's see some proof. Like, he doesn't want to risk the pact that they yeah. have with the dragon or whatever. So that's why I wrote, this is my proxy in the movie, right? The skeptic. He's immediately... I'm immediately on his side. He is, like, coming here to make sure they don't fuck anything up. That this Tyrion? Like, yeah. Okay, at this point, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, he loses me later. But, like, for the most part, this is why I call it an anti-dragon propaganda film, is I'm kind of on the side of, like, the royal court of Kragenmore for a lot of this movie. Well, they get into that that whole... Because they have no alternative. He's killed all the other dragon slayers, this dragon. Yeah. And they made a deal where they're going to sacrifice one girl, like, maybe every five years. 100%. And these kids are going to ruin it. And we get into that. We get into that, right? So, anyway, uh, you're you're skipping ahead a little bit. So... Anyway, well, he, he tells him to prove it, right? He tells him to prove it, so he gives him a magic dagger, and I mean, you can kind of guess that this is a bit of a long game or whatever. But he stabs and kills Ulrich. Yeah, kind of a shocking pull, pull, scene. Pulls an Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, uh, they burn Ulrich. He disappears in a green flame. That's kind of what told me a little bit about maybe mm-hmm. what's foreshadowing. And then his like magic amulet that he had kind of chooses. Uh, um, What's his name? Galen. Uh, Galen. Galen. That's a that, that's a good fantasy name. Galen, Galen right? Yeah, that is. Good. Uh, to be his uh, to be the next yeah, bearer of the like stone. It like calls to him. He tries yeah. to hide it, and it shows up inside of a glass bulb, so and he it, knows and it's and important. It basically gives him the ability to kind of do parlor tricks, like move things around, it turn enables lights on his and magic off. to work, right? Yeah, because he, he's a stu- he's a he's, he's a, an apprentice. Oh, he's an apprentice, so he yeah. knows the spells, but he's not good yet. But he, you know, the master tells him to kind of take up the yeah. mantle. So he decides to go and join the uh, the the townspeople. And, and he brings Hodge along with him. The, the old like man. 400-year-old uh, yeah. assistant and, to the and, sorcerer. And so they catch up with the, the townspeople. It co- turns out that 
Valerian, the leader, is really a girl, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, and so he, he dives into the water with her when she's swimming, and he there's an ass shot, and as he dives in, you can fully see his dick and balls. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so his gingery dick and balls. I, this, right around here is when I made this note about Galen. So I, I ultimately liked him, and I like this movie. Yeah. But he seems like a good boy apprentice, you know, who just you know wants to learn. You know, he's well-meaning, and he wants to learn the powers of sorcery or whatever. As soon as Lord Orig is dead and he gets that amulet and he tracks down these guys from Kragenmore, yeah. he becomes into a, punk. a fucking total douchebag. Yeah. He's so presumptuous and cocky. Well, wouldn't you like he's all of a sudden you can all of a sudden you can slow he's bullying Hodge, he's right? He's bullying Hodge right yeah. off the bat. He's so fucking unlikable as like a hero in At the that point. He's yeah. such a fucking wiener. He's like He's like uh, uh, Luke seen- Skywalker if he like just told Obi Wan Kenobi to fuck off and stayed on Tatooine. Have you seen Shazam? Uh, Shazam? No. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that then. Anyway, like so, Shazam, like the guy who plays him, Zach Levy, Zachary Levy is actually I like I like him when he's Shazam, but the mm-hmm. kid when he's a kid is like this unlikable tool, and yeah. that's who kind of he so, reminded me of. And like normally that would bother me, but like the, since the rest of the movie's good and he kind of comes around, I kind of found it funny. Well, it gets his comeuppance. So what he does is he uses it with his hubris. He goes to where the dra- where they where they think the dragon is, and he uses his magic to collapse the. He's got mountain. a lot of like uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Jack? Yeah, Jack Jack Burton. Jack Burton, uh, yeah. Where, like, you know, he thinks he's so good, but he's constantly being humbled yeah. by, like, the real plot that's taking place around yeah, him. Yeah, Jack Burton does nothing. He's knocked out for most of the last battle no, he's of the a, movie. No, it's a movie. It yeah. actually will be told from the perspective of the sidekick. Yeah, it's like, hilarious. As if he was the hero. Yeah. Uh, anyway, because anyway, so, uh, he's white. <laughs> uh, Hodge is killed. Okay, so this is the part where, so Valerian, for no reason, they just come up on them, and they see he sees Hodge, and just in cold blood, just murders him. I don't know if I ever got the point of why he did that. He just like, did it. Is he just trying to test, like, or, like, derail them, or, like, test his magic powers? It or? was vicious and brutal, and a really another example of this, of this theme of old men really dying. funny when he's dying, too. He's, like, talking full sentences. Oh, it's he's fucked like, up. I, he's like, I'm dying, but I can, I can still talk. talk. Oh, it was sad <laughs> as fuck, man. It reminded me of, uh, like, in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, when Duncan gets killed, right. remember? I wrote, I just wrote, poor Hodge. Yeah, you know, I didn't like that. Old man dying was and really I wrote, I wrote, old man dying was really sad. Yeah, <laughs> that was my note. Uh, then we cut to uh, the a dragon sacrifice, right? So that was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. We're that's first okay. meet the dragon. I, I feel like that is when the movie re- when you really start to realize that this movie is it means business at this point. Like if not if the old men if two old men dying, it's not already telling you that this movie means business. When you see the the girl get sacrificed to the dragon, no. it is horrifying. There's no no pussy no penis footing around. No. on this uh, on this dragon, they they don't reveal him right away no. which is good but they do have like a fully animatronic like foot that comes out yeah. to try to grab her and a tail that like crushes the oh, guard or whatever. so cool. I did make the comment though that like the way they sacrifice her she's got her hands like manacled together yeah. and they just have like a, a metal ring and they put it on a hook on a pole yeah. like she, any any reasonable human being would have been out of that in two seconds. Yeah, because she could be just out, she, grab it with one hand, does. put your foot on the pole, and she just does. Loop it she off does the get top. out of it. And well, then she, she, gets, she has to like squeeze her a little oh, wrist through it. Like she gets out of it, and it doesn't matter because the dragon will get you anyway. Exactly, it's a fucking dragon, dude. Yeah. So yeah, we do see that awesome sacrifice, uh, and then you know Peter McNichol comes to. 
uh, that mountain and collapses it. Yeah. And now then, he's in deep shit. Then we get, well, then we get our, our anti-dragon propaganda. propaganda rally where they're sacrificing dragon effigies. I wrote uh, at this point, I'm completely on the side of the dragon. Uh, well, he's a dying breed, right? He's one of the last ones, yeah. right? Like... Or, so, she, or she. Or she. Because we later learn That's some right. information. That's right. That's right. Um, so the king is really it, pissed. The king is wearing a full gold dragon-themed suit and yeah. helmet, which I thought was yeah. pretty hilarious. The king is really he's, pissed. He he's summons, really cultified the uh, sacrifice pact that he's got with the dragon. And this is going back to what you were saying. The king is really pissed. He takes Peter McNichol back to... Uh, his court and castigates him for possibly making this worse and causing the dragon to come out and kill him. And then Peter McNichol's like, no, he's dead, he's dead. But he's not. And he's not. He puts him in prison. The princess comes to visit uh, yeah. Galen and yeah. she says, princess Elspeth. Uh, my father is a wise and even-handed man. And uh, I put, right. I put, I agree. I agree with you. Pr- princess, what is her name? Elspeth. Elspeth. Yeah. Which just sounds like, you know that Simpsons where they like try to get him with the rich people because March has a Chanel suit and yeah. like all the women have like Elizabeth, Elizabeth, uh, yeah. Suzanne, Roberta, Roberta. Yeah, yeah, that was great. So Elsbeth is just Elizabeth, but she's a Elsbeth. Well, yeah, it's just it's just a it's another great fantasy name, it right? Like they, they were on they were on point with this, right? With the fantasy names Ulrich and Galen and Elsbeth and <laughs> Valerian. Those are all uh, great fantasy names. Those are great fantasy names, right? Uh-huh. Tyrion, right? Yep, they're uh, on fire here. There's a like, uh, yeah, no the. the yeah, that's the thing. I feel like the world building in this one is really solid. It's really solid. And it's really yeah. beautiful, too. Like, the shots are just constantly, like, impressing you. There's one shot where it's, like, you see this dragonfly, like, up close on the camera. And, yeah. Like, I just caught... It caught everything. The, like, all the flaming water. The lighting was really good. And then finally... You Even that see, rock slide looks dope. It does it look good. It looks threatening. And we finally get to see the dragon. We finally get to see Vermithex pejorative in, uh, in action. It looks pretty good for as good as it could, I guess, at yeah. that time. Like, they really, they really went all out. Hey, man, I mean, it's, like, I mean, uh, part five of my rant against, like, special effects, like, CG, but, like, this thing, even though it looks a little awkward at times, they, they put a lot of energy into it, and it's a real object in a physical space, and that makes it look pretty, like, terrifying. It's still, like, I don't know, like, it's I really like the, like, I really like the, I don't know if you ever saw Reign of Fire with Christian Bale and Max yes. and I quite like the, even though they were CGI, I thought the dragons in that looked great. Those are some cool dragons. And I thought that Smaug in uh, those Hobbit movies looked great as well, but... I think obviously the Game of Thrones dragons look so fucking good too. Yeah, they use some some practical on those guys at times too. Very, right? I, I did, but yeah. when this drag when these practical effects on this dragon, it is wicked. Yeah, it's great. Like yeah. it's awesome. They put a lot of money into that. Yeah. And it shows like it's really uh, terrifying. You know, yeah, like a daunting presence on well, screen. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the dragon attacks brutally. Yeah, and so the dragon's alive. He attacks uh, Kragenmore. Kills a lot of people. Uh, uh, Galen escapes at some point here. I think the princess lets him out. Yeah. She's, she finds out that she's the water is getting rid yeah. she's So exempt. she's pissed. Yeah. Um, the, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, the, they're up there trying to make another sacrifice to appease him. And he just. And it's the emperor. It's Emperor Palpatine. Is it really? Yeah, it's Ian McDermott, man. Oh my god! Darth Sidious himself wow. was crawling under there, and he's he's yelling at the dragon. He's like, "Get away from me, you foul beast!" What a bunch of weird cameos. And he gets killed real good. He gets saying. killed real good. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, he gets burned alive. It's pretty. Oh, it's so his face. Oh, his face getting burned is real cool. This yeah. movie is fucking violent, man. Like, yeah. Um, then I don't know how far we're skipping ahead here, but then that he's he meets back up with uh, Valerian and her father, who's like a they're, blacksmith. Yeah, they're hiding him out in there. Or yeah, whatever. and he makes this spear that. <laughs> he first he says the line, uh, 
to her father, who's the blacksmith. Uh, blacksmith, have you ever forged a weapon? And I mean, I guess I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. They didn't have dictionaries uh, back then, so we couldn't open it up and look up what the definition of a blacksmith is. Well, blacksmiths also make like horseshoes and yeah. like pegs and stuff like that too, right? I mean, you I know. gotta assume this guy's making weapons though, right? I don't know, man. Like, you made me mix hammers and chisels and shit. He might oh, not fine. make swords. Like, I don't know. Like, fair uh, I think it's a fair question in those days, right? Well, this is where we <laughs> learn that, yes, he has. Uh, the Dragon Slayer is a spear. That's yeah. what the Dragon Slayer yeah. is. Yeah, and it's a pretty cool fucking it is spear, a cool I gotta spear. say. I'll, I'll tell you what, it's way cooler than that stupid fucking glaive. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> of all the weapons in this movie. No, Conan's sword is still the coolest. In this, in this episode? Yeah, yeah, Conan's sword is the coolest. For yeah, sure, that's the, one of the coolest looking swords ever. This is a dope spear. It is really cool. Did you see my little doodle? of the, the Dragon Slayer logo. Oh, that's it's awesome, man. Spear in it. Oh, you got some good... Uh, not to be confused with arcade classic Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. Which I also love. Which I actually thought was called Dragon Slayer when I was So did I, it. yeah. Um, when you had, remember when you could finally had like six quarters to play that game for ten seconds? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I feel like that's one of the game, the arcades that they're making fun of when they show like the Waterworld game 100%, in The Simpsons. Yeah, where it's 100%. like you walk five feet and then you gotta put in like another like 20 yeah, quarters to 100%. keep going. Um... It was actually designed, I, I think a podcast we listened to, How Did This Get Played, uh, points out that it was kind of designed to eat quarters. Like, that was part yeah. of Yeah. A lot of those, a lot of those were, they, and that's what they talk about it in Wayne's World, remember? Yeah. Like, you can't get to the second level, remember? Like, yeah, it was yeah, arcade. Yeah, right. yeah, that's a whole, fucking arcades. We'll get into that. We'll do a whole episode on arcade games one day. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now we, we redo the lottery, right? We're, we're going to try yeah. to appease uh, and Vermith. Yes, again. I thought it was going to be Valerian. I thought so, too. I think I, I figured out at the last second, I was like, oh, wait, no, it's going to be his daughter. That it's going to be Elspeth, right? Which is actually a good scene, because the king tries to backpedal. Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. No, the lottery uh, is no, invalid. No, oh, whoever's name this, oh, this was, uh, he, we'll throw it away. No, oh, <laughs> he, he did read it wrong. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I, I really like the uh, dragon-themed lottery b- bucket that they are pulling the tiles out of. Very dragon-heavy, right? The yeah. dragon fetish is, is vast here, right? Yeah, they've, yeah, he's really fetish. That's, that's maybe where he loses me is, you know, he went from a reluctant agreement with the dragon to a whole, like cult of dragon worship. What movie was it where the guys got like a weird dragon perversion? <laughs> well, there's that episode. Of oh, no, no, no. Uh, that's <laughs> that for sure. But also Starsky and Hutch were like Will Ferrell's like the prisoner and he's got this weird dragon thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't um, know. Yeah, that Rick and Morty one is really good. I want to watch so, that again. Yeah, so Lottery you, That is, dragon's a dirty whore. <laughs> yeah, you're a slut. A slut dragon. A slut dragon. Um, you've all seen it. You don't yeah. need our bad impressions of it. Uh, so, yeah, the Lottery, the princess rigs it so that her name is everyone. Cut that, cut that sound clip in there, though. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure, yeah. That, it, it cut us saying slut dragon out and put it in the yeah. actual clip from Rick and Morty. Uh, our producer will take care of that. Thanks, Nathan. Uh, so, uh, yeah, then we cut to... So it's rigged for the princess. They The town demands that they sacrifice her. Uh, they forge... And meanwhile, they're forging the, the Dragon Slayer spear with magic. It's pretty cool. Like, they show it cutting metal, like, just shaving off steel and stuff like that, yeah. right? Yeah, cool, cool scene. Um, we get... The, the uh, reveal that uh, a girl. Valerian is a girl, and no, they already, they already. Oh yeah, well she's no, she's come out to the town now. To the town, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's come out of. Oh, that was no, that was earlier when they had the the pro the anti dragon rally. That's right. Yeah. She comes out in a dress, and everyone's like, <gasps> and then uh, our like douchebag hero Galen just assumes it's fine and starts dancing with her, like pulls her out. Of the yeah, that she's like, what did he say? Like he's like musicians. Yeah. Music. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's a real uh, prick for a while there, but he he, he learns a little bit, uh, kind of gets humbled, eats humble pie. Uh, we missed also one of my favorite of all time tropes in a uh, fantasy movie uh, during the lottery. Um, the king turns to his assistant who's saying something about like the, the lottery being rigged or not rigged, and he just goes, silence! And then continues what he's doing, which I always love a good silence in a fantasy movie. Yeah, I like that. So, and the actress who plays Valerian, Caitlin Clark, really didn't do much after this. No? No. A couple other things, a couple small roles in the other 80s movies, and that was about it. These are, I mean, that's the thing. These are cast-wise, like, none of these people really were stars. Well, some of them have gone on to do, well, obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger and they, Conan. Yeah, but, and, oh yeah, Conan's different, but at least, let's say, Well, this, and, I would say that Peter McNichol... Won Emmys for Ally McBeal and stuff. Like he, he had a pretty big. He did afterwards, career. but like at the time, the the cast is small, right? It's yeah. almost like. But it's a lot of British character actors, and uh, right. you know, one American guy, no, two Americans. I, I assume guess. that's that's a little bit. Important. Another movie where they're interchangeably American and fucking uh, English. Yeah. It's clearly taking place in like the British Isles somewhere. Um, I feel like maybe it's a little bit attributed to the fact that like, well, they want to have money for the the special effects to build the world. I think so. But then also, it's like you kind of want maybe like Shakespearean like stage actor types, and they're yeah. not, you know, as you know, big of money. Well, you're not, you don't have to pay Ralph Richardson $5 million for this movie. You probably pay him $500,000 for this yeah, movie, right? Exactly. You know, so um, at the time, probably not even that much. You probably pay him $100,000 in 1981 for this movie, right? Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, they're going to go sacrifice the princess. Um, there's a bunch of little stuff that happens in here where they're going to they're gonna leave, like uh, Galen and uh, Valerian are just going to skip town together. Yeah, they talk, a couple crazy kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really funny because they have the, like the, the father tells him it's okay and like they have a heartfelt goodbye and the daughter hugs yeah. him and then Galen doesn't say a word he just <laughs> slaps the dad on the shoulder and walks <laughs> off with her he's like I'll take good care of her there sir don't worry pops don't worry I got this uh, but then he comes back around he puts the math together that uh, uh, Lord Ulrich is not actually dead he made them take the journey for Duh. him that's why he wasn't worried about the journey he, uh, he yeah. hit himself in the amulet he's actually alive yeah but first he has to uh, get the, the water to be flaming before he can activate him. Yeah, he has to go into the dragon's lair. and yeah, The dragon's slayer the dra- has to go to the dragon's lair. Yeah, and uh, that scene's cool. It is really cool. Like, he he, uh, he gets the drop on the dragon. Oh, first, okay, no, first, first, no, you meet the fucking dragon, the, the little dragons. Dragon babies. Dragon babies, and he... They look like Zool. Yeah, and he just brutalizes them he he cuts them open he slices one's head off he's, that just he doesn't slice his head off slices half his head off like through the face it's super like, a, like cutting a watermelon it's really half. satisfying it is really satisfying it's really goopy and it's satisfying goopy and the other one attacks him and he kills it by clubbing, clubbing it, it with, death a torch. with a lit torch it's yeah, just bashes its brains and I just remember and that, that looks like it's tongue hanging out and it's eyes are dead and I'm just like this is fucking dope there's a part here where she made a shield for him out of, out of dragon, dragon scales. scales which by the way that, that's Very not deep. protected him from shit no. he gets torched by the dragon like a couple of times, times and it's like looks like it's about a thousand degrees and it's just going around, around all him. sides of the shield well, that's just like, he would be toast movies yeah. right so he finally fights the dragon he like stabs it good a couple times holds his own against it breaks the spear off in it so it's really badly injured yep uh, uh, and then now that there's a f- lake of fire he uh, brings, brings Lord, Ulrich back. Lord Ulrich back which is actually a really cool scene the it special effects cool. in like that scene are really really awesome again the effects in this movie had the full Disney 
and industrial light and magic backing going on there. Yeah, more more. Because Disney always used Lucas before they owned them for their yeah. special effects. Was is it like Lucas that maybe made the dragon? I don't think he designed it. No, but I, mean, I think like, that like his. I think I'm pretty sure ILM Industrial ILM, Light and Magic yeah. uh, did the special effects for this, and it looks really good. Yeah. So Lord Arrow pulls a Gandalf. Uh, he comes back in a white robe, even, and. Uh, it's basically they kill the dragon. So the way that works is it's a cool fight. Like it's, it it's very cool. much like Skyrim. Like you're standing. On, I feel like Skyrim was greatly inspired by this this movie. Yeah. Like you're standing on top of a mountain and you're fighting the dragon. Like a, a yeah. wizard fights. Uh, he kills him by blowing up his amulet. Getting, getting picked up by the dragon yeah. and making Galen smash the amulet, which explodes. Ex- explodes him. So he basically suicide bombs the dragon. There's this one thus cementing my stance that they are. Uh, you know, a fringe cult group of cultists uh, spreading anti-dragon propaganda and trying right, to take of down course, of the, course. the great Satan that is dragon. Um, he, uh, uh, there is this one really cool shot where it shows the dragon with the giant hole in it, like falling down out of the sky, and then like in towards this giant canyon where it lands in the water and like this crater, the last dragon, I guess, right? Yeah, lost forever now. Right, yeah. it's really cool. Like I, I don't know, I yeah, really like this no movie. mercy for dragons. No. But so, it's kind of just, I don't know, this movie really, it, it I feel like it's, it needs, I, I, I hope it gets, I don't talk about it in some more capacity. I the think, only way that's going to happen is if they put it on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, I they think. should. They really, Disney shouldn't abandon this movie, you know, it's, uh, I know it's a little grisly for, uh, but they have like, it, it almost feels like a, like a live action version of like one of those. Like one of those non-Disney. Well, they have Willow. Movies. They have Willow on Disney Plus. So they, Do they? Sh- yeah, yeah. So they see sh- why not then? Because that's a Lucas film, right? So I they own so. it. So they should have. Uh, and Willow's pretty violent in parts too. Willow's great. It's yeah, great. We're, we're definitely going to talk about Willow. We'll talk about Willow point. for sure. Despite all its lifting from Lord of the Rings, it manages to be independent. Oh, but awesome. this lifts from Lord of the Rings, and then things lifted from this, right? Yeah. Like this lifted from like, and then you know, Crawl lifted from Lord of the Rings with the marshes. Yeah. And. Uh, Conan lifts from Lord of the Rings in areas too, right? Like everyone lifts from like Lord of the Rings. Everyone lifts like from that mythology. That was the base. I mean, yeah, that is the fundamental. That's the base baseline, right? So that, that and like some D and D stuff. Well, D and D came after. It did, and it also it borrows from Lord lifts, of the Rings. Like it borrows, did. it borrows not just liberally, but ex- it takes explicitly directly from Lord of the Rings, yeah. which is fine. But it invented a lot of cool new shit too. I sure, think it gets put in there. But I think the fantasy. Tolkien family like got paid money from. <laughs> Those guys. Gary Gygax. Gary Gygax. Uh, Okay, so that's a lot we talked about Dragon Slayer. A good movie. I would recommend it. Uh, What what rating do you want to give Dragon Slayer? I give it five uh, virgins. (laughs) Five five virgin sacrifices? Yeah, five virgin sacrifices. Uh, I will give it a 100% full bucket of forged dragon lottery tokens. Oh, that's right. Nice. Yeah, two uh, yeah. thumbs right up. All right, we'll be back with uh, questions. Questions. <clears throat> I'm a man of few words. Any questions? Welcome right. back. We back. Uh, so, yeah, question time, Nathan. Um, do you want to go first? Or no, I'll ask you a question here. All right. Who is your favorite cinematic dragon of all time? That is really funny because that's exactly what I have written down. Oh, really? What's your favorite movie dragon? Oh, of okay. Um, mine, uh, kind of an obscure choice, I think, but I always was affected by 
the way the and the dragon was drawn and the way the plot played out in Sleeping Beauty, the, Ooh, the old uh, yeah. movie. I think it's truly terrifying when Maleficent turns into the dragon. Yeah. And she's like uh whatever the prince's name is, is yeah. fighting it through like the thorns and everything and like stabs yeah. it in the thing in the nose. In the, in the heart too eventually. Yeah, yeah. In the heart. Yeah. Doesn't he throw it into yeah. him? Yeah. Super Sleeping, badass. Sleeping it looks Beauty a lot like cool. the dragon from Dragon Slayer, where it it's got a long, pointy yeah. face and like pointy ears. You know, mm-hmm. like real kind of gangly dragon. Yeah. Um, I always thought that was a really like engrossing dragon character. And then I'll just throw this out there for anyone that's listening that finds this funny. But uh, there is a you haven't played Mario Odyssey yet. I'm talking about cinematic and I, dragons. And I won't ruin it, but there's, video a, game there's a dope dragon in that game. Video game dragons are totally you, different. You, you uh, won't, yeah, you'll see what I mean if you wouldn't. If and when you well, loan me your Switch. I will. <laughs> Bring it over here next time. That's really funny that we both wrote that down. Yeah, okay. Um, um, my favorite one is uh, Sean Connery from Dragon Ball. <laughs> I almost wrote that down. <laughs> I am the last one. I am the last one. What is his name? Do we know? Uh, Draco. Draco? Yeah, of course. Pretty fucking lazy. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, and you mentioned it. I almost wrote down two of the dragons from um, Game of Thrones. Uh, dragon, uh, Dragonheart. What is the the the, the one with uh, McConaughey and uh, Oh, uh, Reign of Fire. Reign of Fire. Those are cool yeah. too. Yeah, the ones that like build up. You use like chemicals to right. Yeah, fire. they start. That's where you start getting some science. That was really yeah. big in the nineties. It was like early O's. Yeah, yeah or early O's was like explaining the science behind fantasy yeah. stuff and sci-fi yeah. stuff. Um, Got another question? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Nathan, um, presuming that you got dropped into a fantasy world not unlike Conan or Dragon Slayer, uh, we're not going to really crawl out of this. Uh, what is your fantasy weapon of choice? Fuck, that was another. That was also my other question. <laughs> uh, you know, I. Uh, it really tickles our our inner fourteen uh, year old boys. I think. You know, I would subject. have to go with the trusty short sword and shield, just like I do in almost every fantasy video yeah. game I play. Yeah, it's not a bad choice. I definitely am not like a large weapon uh, guy. No. I thought about it a lot, and I I always wanted to have. Doesn't come up a lot in fantasy, but two like small axes, like two hatchets. You yeah. know, like a, a lot of like. Um, yeah, like in Vikings. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, like a Viking weapon, exactly. Yeah. Like two like bone. I know handle exactly what you're, I know exactly what you're talking. About. That's pretty cool. That would be my that would be my uh, zombie fighting weapon too. I'd go down to the hardware store and get just two hatchets. Yeah. And, uh, gotta be careful though, because every long get bitten on the arm. I just feel right? like they extend your art your reach a lot, and you can use one to like poke a guy off. And I would always have swing like, in, with in that the other scenario one. though. I would always have like huge protectors. Yeah. On oh yeah, yeah. So, you yeah. gotta have your wrists yeah. and your your forearms covered. Well, that's a whole other episode. Okay, cool. Yeah, those are the only two questions. That's the only two questions I had as well, Nathan. Well, that's pretty funny that we both came up with the same questions. Um, Well, we'll be back. We're going to make out after this, and then we'll be back. Yeah, after the the shame. What did we learn? What did we learn? But you know, I learned something today. All right, we're back with uh, what we learned. Uh, I, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with an oldie but a goodie. I learned an old, uh, uh, just reinforces an old adage. Don't judge a book by its cover. Because if you were to judge Crawl by its VHS cover, you'd think it was going to be a really cool movie. Uh, that is absolutely a very real <laughs> and lesson to learn and it's not. from these films. Uh, yeah, this, you, my friend, what did you learn what this week? I, I learned a couple of things. Um, I mean, I definitely feel like I learned I would not survive in a fantasy world because I am unwilling to take a prophecy at face value, and I would absolutely be a non-believer and probably be the <laughs> first to get eaten by a dragon in that case. I would be the Lord, the, the Sheriff of Nottingham character Tyrion? of Dragon Slayer, Tyrion. Uh, 
Uh, and I feel like, you know, kind of in line with that, I learned that Conan is right. Uh, magic is bad and something to be feared. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, I also learned, I feel like I learned that horses are really man's best friend. Like, and they can also run so fast they, that legs catch fire and well, they can fly. But I mean, even in, like, like in a real way, in the, the making of these movies, all three of these movies have scenes where horses are just putting up with... Crap. Like... Flame explosions in their face and swords going off next to them. Guys falling off. They'll do. They can be trained to do anything, and they'll roll with the punches. Horses are cool. I uh, went to a horse ranch a couple summers when I was a kid and got to know a horse really well, and you know, rode that horse for two. Yeah, I think I saw that viral video that you made with that horse on Rotten.com. Oh no, <laughs> Jesus, Rotten.com. What year do you think it is? <laughs> um, is that still a thing? It can't be. Uh, no, oh. it's it's archived. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what are you? Uh, I mean, we're, you know, mostly posting up and doing nothing these days. What are you watching? Uh, I mean, I mostly just been watching these fantasy these movies fantasy for the movies, last yeah. week. Watching wise, I'm doing that, and I'm going. Well, you're playing a lot of video games I'm right now. Playing a lot though. of video games. What are you playing? So I'm playing. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm going old school and playing Halo Master Chief Collection nice. online with my buddy Dave. Nice. We're playing. Uh, Reach. You still have my copy of that? I do have your copy of it. Oh, did you buy Reach? Uh, it's like although 10 bucks. It, it's actually on Game Pass, which I have, so I can give you the disc back now. But, but uh, uh, Reach is like ten bucks or extra or something that, like that. That's if you want to get the all the story modes. Oh, but the okay. Online, it's free. All the full online is free. That's cool. If you have Game Pass and Xbox nice. Live, which I do, uh, it's fucking so great. They fixed like, it finally, we're, we're, right? They it fixed years it all, of wonky. It's, it, it's exactly what you want. It, I feel like I'm 21, yeah. drinking Mountain Dew with Dave in my base, my mom's basement, eating smoking Doritos, weed, eating Doritos, and screaming at people on the internet yeah. over matches of Halo. That's so funny because I was a PlayStation 2 guy. I didn't have an Xbox, so I didn't play Halo 2 online. And when I finally got an Xbox 360, the only uh, Halo game I played online was Halo ODST. Weird choice. <laughs> uh, well, because that was the first one to have Horde mode or whatever or right. it was called, right? Yeah, that which was, was super fun. Yeah, so I yeah. played that shit out of that with Nico. And then when Halo Reach came out, we played a bunch of that with, like when it first came out. But I did play Halo 3 online campaign mode with various people and beat that. Yeah. But, no, yeah. that, that was my venture into like I played a lot more Counter-Strike that was that was my uh, first oh, okay. person shooter yeah, yeah I played some Counter-Strike too uh, I like Halo because it's slower so that's pretty much all like, what you're playing, you're not playing uh, no I am playing I put everything on hold I was playing Luigi's Mansion 3 oh for, yeah you're which is that. so good I, I hear, really yeah. really enjoy it I, hear that's I enjoy great. it the way I like watching a Disney movie like it's not super hard no, but it's like engaging those games are all good yeah, yeah. Um, but I stopped everything to play like the timing couldn't have been more perfect as soon as I was isolated to my house uh, Ori and the uh, the Will of the Wisps, right. the sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, yeah, no, came that's, out. That's right up your alley. Included right? for free early access Game with Pass, Game yeah. Pass, and I'm already like halfway through it. I got it cranked up to extra hard, so I spent oh, wow. like uh, three days of probably two three hour goes trying to beat this. It's like the second boss in the game. He's this big uh, bullfrog, and uh, it's got a plot like it's very closely aligned with um, like Fern Gully yeah, and Princess Mononoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very like well, magic with forest. Evil taking over yeah. the forest and whatever and corruption and yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, this bullfrog is like taken over by a, a thing like Princess Mononoke. He's got these like black amorphous worms kind of coming in and out of him controlling him like a puppet and I'm just, yeah, it took me three days to finally beat this guy. It was super satisfying but game's beautiful. Looks incredible. The plot is fun and interesting. You can also get it on the Switch. Microsoft let Nintendo uh, sell it Absolutely. on the Switch as well. The music is like 
the top tier for yeah. like a game like that, like a small indie game. I mean, it's not small, but like it's a 2D platformer, Metroidvania yeah. style. But yeah, I'm eating that game up right now. I'm totally wrapped up in it. What about you? Uh, well, I was playing uh, new games, and then I fell into a Final Fantasy VII yeah, baby. black hole. So I... I've played the beginning of Final Fantasy VII, and I'm doing this in anticipation of the remake that's coming out soon, right? Because um, I want to beat it before I, I play the remake. Uh, but Final Fantasy VII, like, I have played the beginning of that game so many times, like dozens and dozens of times. I have started that game, and I've purchased it on the PC. I purchased it on the PlayStation Store. Um, and then I bought this PlayStation mini console and I have started I have started it so many times and I've gotten to the maybe the part where you're just about to leave Midgar <laughs> right like after the motorcycle sequence yeah. and for some reason I always stop there I've stopped there and too because after that there's like hours of exposition and story and you gotta kind of yeah. go through these hurdles before you actually get back into like fun gaming again right right and I used to love those story parts when I was a kid, but now I've seen them so many fucking times. And you just don't have that kind of fucking patience right. and time. So, but because of this uh, this isolation thing, I've just like I I just buckled down, and I took the two or three hours to get to get to get between Midgar, get the chocobo, get that do that part, and get to the other side where you get to like the gold saucer, and that's when shit really kind of yeah. gets going. And now I am fucking on the second disc, and I think I'm just gonna run it out and beat that game. Hell yeah, you, you've inspired me too. I have a copy on my computer that I'm I'm just ready to get back from the first like explosion, uh, you know, the first uh, yeah, that the, first the mission in uh, Midgar. That's the one that you get in the demo for the Final Fantasy VII remake, which yeah. is so cool. Like I just got off the train. Um, but uh, yeah, I might pick that up too and finish it. Before yeah. So once I'm done with that, I'm gonna. Once I'm done with that, I've got a couple games to dive into. I've got Kingdom Hearts three, which I'm really excited to play, nice. and then uh, Jedi Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order or whatever it's called. I'm really excited to play that game. Nice. So. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm I'm truly taking this time. Oh. like it sounds nerdy, but I'm taking this time to catch up on video games and just be a kid for a little bit. Like, oh, for sure. Summer's not even really here yet, so I can't like like right now the weather's kind of shit. I can't go outside, and yeah, I'm like I feel like a little kid. I finish work, working from home, turn off the computer, turn 90 degrees to face my TV, and just play video games for six hours. You know, it's uh. Living it's the really, dream, my it's friend. It's a real interesting time we're in, and I'm just trying to make make the most of it, keep myself sane. All right, well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, we don't know what we're doing next week, and also I think we should kind of stop saying that because if we have a bad episode, we want to reserve the right to tra- scrap it. So yeah. uh, anyway, we didn't say this before. Maybe we'll make an intro and put it up top. But we came up with a name, finally. I mentioned it earlier. We are now the Handsome Boys. And our, uh, this is also the first time we've recorded since our first episode is actually available to stream. Yeah, the pilot, I'm calling pilot. it. The anime hour. It is rough. Uh, is up on all platforms. But you know what? Uh, it's, the fir- it's, de- it's just the first of many, and it's going gonna to get better and tighter, and eventually we'll just be cranking them out. And we'll probably do other podcasts, too. I think we have some good ideas for Star Trek. And yeah. uh, a couple other fun things. Games. Simpsons video games. So this is only the beginning. Yeah, thanks for listening and suck ah, it. Bye. Who's in Bilbo? Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all.